episode 58. We're feeling very good. Feeling very good, right? Very energized, right? Today the vibe is good. Good, huh? Good energy. The energy. Uh. Yeah, I think this piece is so good for us. Okay, so today it is a meaty, juicy episode that revolves around one big hairy pain point that I see plague a lot of creative entrepreneurs. Imposters syndrome. Yes, she imposter the Qing Ju Show. But do you feel like one? Do you often feel like you're an imposter? Wait, wait, wait. So what is imposter syndrome? I feel that a lot of people... Mm, might not know. Might, they might feel it, but they might not know the name. Like you, right? Like, like you have experienced the feelings, yeah, but you didn't know it was called imposter syndrome. I didn't even know what people meant by right. imposter syndrome. Okay, so let me define. So imposter syndrome, right, is like this whole feeling of severe inadequacy and self-doubt that can leave you fearing that you will be exposed as a fraud. Mm. And this actually usually happens in your work life. And right, mm. you feel these feelings despite your success. Yes. Correct. It right. can affect anyone. So lest you think that imposter syndrome is all those newbies, uh, people who just start off, uh, it's not. Actually, the most veteran, most masterful people like Barbara Streisand, what? right? she says that she feels like an imposter sometimes. I mean, she's got one of the best live vocals on yeah. earth. Yeah. And she will say that before she actually sings live, she has self-doubt and a lot of anxiety and she feels like she's a fraud. Right. <laughs> yeah. So even people like Lady Gaga, yes. right? Mm -hmm. So are you saying that imposter syndrome is just basically self-doubt mm -hmm. that persists yeah. to the end? Yes. So let's talk about the symptoms of imposter syndrome, okay? Mm. It is an extreme lack of self-confidence, feelings of inadequacy, worry, and unworthiness. Constant comparison to other people. This is the big one. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you actually feel you're quite good until you see other people and then the self-doubt creeps in and mm. you go like, wow, mm -hmm. other people are so ahead of me, miles ahead of me, right? So right. who am I, right? What am I doing? Mm. So it will generate a feeling of anxiety and then you have distrust in your own intuition and capabilities, mm. right? And then you start to have negative self-talk. Mm. You start to beat yourself, right? And then you also start to dwell on the past, right? Right. You're not future-focused or forward-thinking. You dwell on the past. Especially if, let's say, you used to be successful in your first job or first endeavour and then now you're trying something new and you go like, this new endeavour, will I be as successful as the first one? Mm. You know, or will I be as good as I think I would be? Will I be able to repeat my success with mm -hmm. this new thing? Right. So, for example, let's say you are very established as a photographer. Right. Then now you want to do film. Then you will start to have the imposter syndrome, oh, yeah, right? And then you go sure. like, oh my God, I'm a bit stressed, you know. I mm. actually am somebody in the photography world, but then now I do film, oh, how mm. people look at me, huh? So this imposter syndrome, right? Okay, it becomes a problem when it stops you from taking action, right? Mm. From like actually doing the things that you want to do. Exactly. Right. So I think that knowing how to deal with imposter syndrome is very important because otherwise, it will hold you back from creating, right? And it will hold you back from going after your dreams and your aspirations because then you will be afraid you're playing small because of the anxiety and the self-doubt and then you don't do anything. So it will lead to a feeling of imposter syndrome will lead to inaction. Mm. And when you have inaction, what is the result that will show up in your life? Which is nothing moves. You have yeah. no achievement. Oh, yeah, and then yeah. it will generate new Even evidence. Even more feelings. Yeah. To solidify your initial thought which is I am an imposter. 
Right. So that's why we have to nip it in the bud, mm. right? So, you know, I do a lot of coaching with uh, creative entrepreneurs. They come to me and they say that, especially when, let's say, they used to work for somebody in the corporate world and they've decided to come out and set up their own business. That's when the imposter syndrome actually rears its ugly head. I mean, yeah, but then it's also very, very natural mm-hmm. to have these feelings, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, we shouldn't be beating ourselves up and thinking like, hey, how come I'm the only person who You are who not the only person. This- Everybody feels it. Yeah. But the people who are able to go ahead and do it anyways because they know how to manage. Ah, so it's not self-doubt. that the people who take action don't feel it. It's yeah. not that, right? Yeah. The thing is like for me, right? Whenever I do something new for the first time, of course you will have doubts because why are you anxious? It's because there is uncertainty of the outcome. Mm. You don't know how it will go. It can actually go very pear-shaped, right? Yeah. But some people let that worry and that possibility of and feeling. that fear-mongering stop them from taking the action. So it ends there. Correct. So what happens is that people think that they're avoiding failure by mm. not taking action but heck no. <laughs> What's actually happening is you're failing ahead of time. Oh yeah. You what? have already failed. Yes. By not taking by the not action. By not even doing anything. Correct. Just yesterday I coached this client, right? She was also thinking how can she move forward? So I said, look, bo pao, no tua pao, no sui pao, no ha kao, no siu mai, right? 50-50. You do something, it can go pear-shaped. It's yeah. 50-50. So 50% it can be bad, 50% you can succeed, right? And because of the 50% that you think will go pear-shaped, you scared and you say like, I don't want to do. Mm. But when you do that, it's 100% fail. Mm, okay. When you take action, it's 50-50. Right? Uh, yes, so yes. we're telling ourselves a lie by saying that when we avoid taking action, we're actually safer. It's not. It's you have not. just failed ahead But anyway, of time. failure is totally part of success, right? Exactly. Like, I think that was quite an important mind shift for me. Mm-hmm. Like, in terms of thinking of like, if you want to succeed at something, a lot of people think, oh, you know, if I want to succeed at something, it means that I immediately succeed. Mm-hmm. But then actually, if you try to do something, Something, it's very likely, okay, like you said, that you might fail. Mm. But this failure is feedback. It's just data points, right? It's data, right? Mm. So it's feedback and then it teaches you, oh, okay, you cannot turn left. Mm-hmm. So you have to turn right. Mm. So how can that be a failure when you have clarity? Yeah, so in fact, like we should reframe and mm-hmm. actually embrace mm. failure mm-hmm. and actually like failure. Exactly. Yeah, and like, oh yes, I failed today and I learned something. Correct. Today. So I tell my clients sometimes who are very impatient, those people who just want to see results and achievement like overnight, right? I tell them, I said, what if, right, I tell you that the formula to where you want to get to, you tell me this is what you want, right? Let me tell you what if the formula is you have to fail a hundred times. Fail in air quotes, it's not a failure, okay? But you have to be rejected. You have to risk failure and rejection a hundred times or risk the possibility of not getting there the first hundred tries. But then a hundred and first try, you will succeed. So would you still do it? If I tell you, right? Mm. So they will say, yes, if you tell me for sure because they want to top out, sweep out, right? Mm. But then I say, yeah, but what most people do is they do three times, four times, five times, and then they say, well, I suck at this. I'm not good. Then they punch out. Mm. So a lot of people do that. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to persevere. Mm. Actually, <laughs> you know, I've coached quite a lot of people around this, right? Like you were just telling me before we opened the mic about Derek Sievers. Yeah. What did you tell me? I was telling you, the way he writes his essays, right, mm. is that he will always dump all his thoughts onto mm. paper and then he will take actually, uh, it could be days, it could be up to weeks, right? Mm. Just editing that particular essay mm. and 
really cutting it and editing it down to maybe from like 10, 20 paragraphs to like three paragraphs. Mm. He really captures the essence of what he wants to no say. No fluff. Cut away the fluff. Yeah, cut everything unnecessary. Trim the fats. Yes. And then, so that when you read his essay, 45 seconds, a minute, you can get his point. Yeah, so I find that very, very inspiring. Impactful. Yeah, so I'm going to do the same with what I'm going to share with you guys, mm. so which is I'm just going to trim the fats. Go for it. And just get to the point. After having coached hundreds of people around imposter syndrome, I have come to the understanding that the reason why you feel like an imposter boils down to this one thing. What Are you ready? Is that? Yes. <laughs> it is. Come on. It is. It is because you are not clear about what you're offering and you don't know the value of what you're offering. That is it. You have no clarity. You don't even know what you're offering someone. Because of that, either you don't know or you kind of know, but you're hazy about the value. You are like doubting the value. You don't know if you're actually solving a problem or if anybody wants to buy your shit. Mm. That's why you feel like an imposter. I see. Okay. Yeah. So the job actually is for you to gain that confidence that will fight back the imposter syndrome is you need to have that clarity. Like, mm. what am I offering? Mm. What problem am I solving? What am I asking people to buy? Yeah. And why would they buy that? Mm. Right? And to learn that, they have to start taking action. Yes. And you have to think. Like for example, if you are a photographer or you are a writer, right? Mm. What are you writing? Mm. Right? Of all the different kinds of writing, all the kinds of photography, mm. what can you shoot? What makes you different in a red ocean of yeah. photographers? Right? So from my experience, just thinking about it is, that would be the first stage, right? Mm -hmm. But then thinking about it actually doesn't lead to any insights, one. Yeah, of course. Of yeah, course. Yeah, There's I only mean, this much you, thinking you correct, can do. You have to think, you have to make a plan with your correct. thinking. Then you go and test it out on the field. Which risks the possibility of rejection and failure. Correct. But then that's how you find out. I mean, Correct. There's no other way, right? Correct. The clarity is going to come from the doing, right? Yeah, correct. Yes. Like I told you, like I wanted to do, I thought that the easiest way to break into photography is to do wedding photography. So that was my thinking and my plan. But when I actually went out onto the field, I couldn't get a single job. Mm. And then I realized that, oh yeah, if I didn't try to test it out, I wouldn't have realized that, mm. you know, just sitting in my room. Mm. Yeah. Because you can have the best intentions, right? Like for example, you say, oh, then you're telling me I need to get clear about what my offering is, right? So maybe you spend one whole weekend thinking about what you want to offer. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you think, wow, then you become very, very confident, right? So you go and you pitch it and you sell it, right? Then crickets, mm. right? So then what? That is basically new information yes. that you can take in that says that, oh, what you thought people would buy, yeah. they're actually not interested. So that is not failure. It's we should not. change that word mm. because it gives people the wrong idea. Mm. It's yeah. new information. Yes, new foe. Yes, new foe, yeah? <laughs> so I want to offer you guys two mindset shifts that you can adopt that okay. will help alleviate this feeling of imposter syndrome. Okay. okay. So one of the things is, especially my clients who are exiting the corporate world and starting something on their own, they suddenly kind of like doubt what they're able to do or their skill sets. They say, oh, yeah, mm, you know. Cold feet. Like. Yeah. And then they go like, what can I do? Huh? What can I do? Huh? Why people is successful? Huh? What can I sell? Huh? Yeah. Then I'm like, what you are going to do in your new business is going to be, you are the same person. Like. Mm. Whether you are at the corporate world or you're doing this for yourself, everything that you need to make money, mm. everything that you need to create value is the same. It's you. Right, okay. It's just that the context has changed and the environment right. has changed. Mm. Why do you think that once I remove you from your company <laughs> and you're on your own right now, you suddenly have no value? No more, yeah, okay. Right? Then he'll say, oh, I don't know why I have this feeling. So I say, it's because in a corporate world, it's very structured. Mm. But when you're an entrepreneur, now suddenly like anything goes. Like mm -hmm. there's no structure, no 
nobody, there's a lot of uncertainty. Mm. So you go like, what's going to happen? But you must understand you are the same freaking person. Right. And also, people forget that when they first went out and get their first job, they got to where they are because it's a series of promotions, a number of years of earning stripes, right? And you learn on the job. So actually people, they have been through it already. Yeah, it's just that it's <laughs> been very structured. I said, do you go into the first job, first day of work, and then you feel anxious, of course, but do you go in and say, oh, I'm an imposter? <laughs> you don't, right? It's just that it is common and normal and everybody starts from day one. Mm. So somehow when we come out and do our own thing, we forget. Okay, I want to offer this idea. I don't mm. know what you think, but mm. maybe it's because when you first start working, you are a newbie. You are a small prawn, right? So that is your identity. You have nothing to lose. And then if you have succeeded before in your corporate career, and mm. then you come out try to do something you actually have a new identity already yes yeah and then we all become like so attached to our own identity mm. by the time we're like 40 years old we're starting a new career mm. fresh out of our old corporate success right we are so scared of screwing up correct we don't want to look like ridiculous or like incompetent and correct all that. Yeah, so could it be that? Like this yes. idea of identity. Exactly. And also we become super unrealistic and impatient with ourselves. It's like, since when do we not learn everything from scratch? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what makes it different when you come out and do something on your own? It is a new experience. It requires a new identity. Yeah. You are a new person. You are a business owner now or you are like, mm. like a creative entrepreneur freelancer. You need do to assume a different role and identity. Do you think that it will help, right? To mm. think of yourself. Okay, like there's this philosopher. He's called Erasmus. Mm. So he said that Everyone, no matter how important or how smart they might seem, right, is a fool. Mm. So nobody is bad, even himself, the philosopher. Right. Okay, so he said to like gain greater confidence, right, it's actually not to tell yourself that, oh, I'm amazing, I have so much dignity, you know, I'm awesome. But it's actually to come to terms, right, with the idea that you are a fool. Mm. You are like ridiculous. You don't know anything. Yeah. And this actually sort frees of, you. it frees you. Mm. Yeah. And you no longer have the identity that you need to live up to. Correct. We are all fools. Yeah. We all start from scratch. Yeah. So right? what if I screw up? It's no big deal. Right? Yeah. So the thing is, the first mindset shift is, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. It's like, you have got this and you have done it before. And we're all the same. We're all figuring things out. Mm. Everything is figureoutable. So when you come out and do something on your own for the first time, it is no different. It's just like when you were a baby and you learn how to walk. Right, you have to fall, yeah. and it is the falling that makes your bones stronger. And then, then you pick yourself up. You know, mm. nobody, no baby will know how to walk from day one one. So <laughs> why is that any different? Like when yes. we went to school, we also kindergarten P one, P two, P three, P four. Right, you don't go to the first day of school and say, "Oh my God, I want to graduate with honors with mm -hmm. a degree." Mm -hmm. Right? Correct. Yeah. Hey guys, very exciting news, huh? It's still in the making, but yes, we want to share happening. with you. Yes, we are starting a Lito Academy. Yes, so if you want to find out more about what is going to happen at Lito Academy, you can go to Lito.academy yes. and sign up for email updates. Yes, we will keep you posted. It's not launched yet. I know some of you are like really waiting with bated breath because we've been teasing lah, huh, on mm. IG story and stuff. So I know some of you have written and asked, is it launched? Did we miss it? You know, how can we be part of this mastermind? Not group? yet, not yet. Not yet. It's just teasing you, uh, teasing. Yes. So you go to lito.academy, read through. There's a little bit of information about what is to come, what to expect. And then if you're interested, please sign up for the wait list and we will keep you posted. Yes, we can't wait to have you in our community. It is going to be so yeah. fun. Yes. Yes. 
Now, second mindset shift is for those of you who are afraid of putting your services, your offering out and you say, oh, this thing that I'm doing, you know, you want to teach someone this or that, like who will listen? You know, I'm just a newbie. Yeah. Okay, you have to understand that you only need to be one step ahead of the people you're helping. Mm-mm-mm. That's it, right? It means that you're just one step ahead. Then are you able to teach what you have been through? Mm. Right? Can you honestly teach I always tell people like the whole idea of certification yeah. right or going to school yes it is it is good it is important but it doesn't mean that if you don't have certification or like very thorough experience that you cannot do something until you are chopped confirmed certified then you can go out and help someone yeah yeah, yeah. correct I mean the whole idea of certification is also like it's an industry one correct <laughs> you know like degrees getting a degree correct so I it's... think that like sometimes you go to school you again you learn the 10 to 20% of the theory right so you think that the certification is based on the theory that you have learned, which is yes. 10-20%. I think the best certification is actually having gone through something yourself yes. and you understand, Correct. right? Like for example, who you who you seek advice from? Someone who understands and read a lot of books mm-hmm. around giving birth? Uh-huh. Or will you talk to someone who has actually been through birth <laughs> delivery, right? I would definitely talk to Michelle. I won't talk to you, right? Like Rebecca <laughs> about giving birth, right? You know what I mean? And there's no certification involved. Correct, correct. Yeah, so if you have gone through something yourself and you have truly experienced something, you are in the unique position to be the authority for Mm. someone that you're helping who is behind you. Yes. I can't agree enough. Yeah. So... I want to give you four actionable tips, mm-hmm. okay, that you can do if you realize that you're suffering from imposter syndrome. Okay, number one is I urge you to get clear on your offering. Mm. What is it that you're offering? And be very, very clear about it. Don't have like hazy outlines. Okay. Like for example, for me, what I do is I'm a coach, yeah. right? It's still very hazy. What kind of coach am I? Uh, I'm a life coach. Okay, life coach, uh, still quite hazy. I do mindset coaching. Mm. Oh, mindset coaching, still hazy. Can you be even clearer? I do mindset coaching for creative entrepreneurs. Right. You see how I'm getting clearer and clearer? Mm. Oh, what I'm offering is I do virtual calls and every session it is 60 minutes and mm. how much does it cost? That's it. So you must clearly define what is the offering. And with that offering, you go out and then you offer and then of course you see if people buy or not. Lah. So you adjust accordingly? Accordingly. Or? Right. So sometimes of course there's another ball game altogether. It could be a message problem, a communication problem or a product development problem, right? Mm. But that's not today's 重点. is about imposter syndrome, mm. right? So our job is to get you to a space where you can confidently go out and offer your basket of goods. Mm. So that's action number one, right? Get clear on your offering. Action number two is set and articulate clear expectations for your clients. Mm. So this is an extension of point number one. Right, you are clear about your offering, then you have to tell your client or whoever you're selling your things to clearly what they can expect from you. Okay. So this is tied to point number three. Do not overpromise or say you can do something when you cannot. Mm. Because once you do that, the self-doubt will creep in again. Because mm. you mm. right? So if it's something that is beyond your capability, don't offer it. Don't overpromise because it will come and haunt you and bite your backside. Okay? Which means you need to know what problem you are confident and well-equipped to solve and which you aren't or not able to yet. 
it doesn't mean that you can't solve it now, you can't solve it in the future. Mm. But you're very clear about what you're able to offer and solve. And for those clients who are not a good fit for you right now, they're asking you and expecting you to deliver something that's beyond your capability. Learn to turn them down. Mm, for don't, now. Yeah, don't be formal and say, oh, well, you know, I want to take this job. Or, yeah. you know, then I go and figure it out later. Yes, I know there are people who do that sometimes to stretch your comfort zone. But if you're someone who cannot deal with imposter syndrome and it cripples you, then don't bite off more than you can chew. Okay. Okay. okay, so the four actionable tips, they're all kind of together is get clear on your offering, set and articulate clear expectations for your clients, do not overpromise or say you can do something when you cannot, and know what problem you are confident and well-equipped to solve and which you aren't able to, and when you are not able to and you're not a good fit for that client, turn that client down. Mm. Yeah. So those are nice. my four actionable tips for wow. investors. Concise yes, and clear. Like Jarek Sivers. <laughs> okay. So now I just want to tell you guys, right? Okay. Your job as a creative entrepreneur, no matter what stage you're at, whether you are a newbie or you're a Barbara Streisand or you're a Jarek Sivers, right? Your job is two things. Huh? One, to gain mastery in your craft. And this is something that doesn't end. Yep. You just have to keep working at it. And number two is your mindset. Mm. Which also, the work doesn't end. Correct. So it's these two things that you have to constantly work at. Your job is to be better at your craft and also to know how to manage your mind. Mm. That's it. So imposter syndrome will be relieved as you gain mastery in these two components. Yes. Yeah. That's wow. how you gain confidence. Huh? Hey, I think a lot of our lack of confidence right, also comes from this strange idea that we always have other people's judgments in our head mm. of ourselves. And mm. then we are also constantly thinking about other people. Mm. You know, like thinking, oh, actually, they have it easier. Yes, overnight successes. Yeah, correct. Overnight success or like maybe these people, they are more talented. They are mm. born that way. Mm. Correct. I don't know. Or like we oh, think- it looks so easy for them because they are born in a good family. Correct. You know, but yeah. All of this is simply untrue, right? The excuses. <laughs> Yeah, and also the fact that because we always put people who have succeeded on a pedestal, right? Mm-hmm. But they go to the toilet too. Yes. Yeah, you always imagine them pooing, yeah? Yeah, they yeah. poop too. Correct. And they are human too. <laughs> yes. The thing is, we don't know the full story. Correct. The full story is that there's always a lot of struggle. Right. right. I think a very good example is like a stand-up comedian. Mm. So I always thought that, oh wow, like stand-up comedians are so talented. And then later on, I realized that stand-up comedians, actually a lot of them, right? They spend like maybe years and years bombing Mm. like at comic what clubs right all the circuits and whatever yeah, yeah the in bars, the circuits yeah. right and then mm. they start off by telling jokes that are so bad and nobody yes. laughs but that's how they test out whether this joke works or not yeah and they hone their craft yeah. right so, small audience right beta yeah. testing yeah you only see them 15 years later when mm. they have already gone through all the shit and the bombings and all that mm. yeah but at the beginning if we see them we might think oh yeah, they suck and everything. Correct. But that is part of this Because process. you didn't see all the work that happened. By the time you got to know that person, mm. that person is already successful. Yeah. So to you, and you know how a lot of social media and media articles, they glamorize everything, right? So if they make it seem easy. You are looking at 10 years worth of work, mm. invisible sweat, right? Mm all written in one short paragraph. So it's very condensed. So it feels like this person got from nowhere to like, or then you hit the person's Instagram account and you say, oh my God, 1.4 million followers. And you go like, how can I ever get there? You know? But he didn't start or she didn't start off with 1.4 million. Mm. So I think the important thing is that when you see people who are even more successful than you, right? Like so, so successful, don't let that make you feel small. You reframe and you go like, 
wow, that's what a human being who poops can achieve. Which means that's what's possible. Yeah. And yeah. let that fuel yeah. your hopes and dreams. That's beautiful. Don't yeah. let that... <laughs> the poop part is beautiful. Yes. It's like, <laughs> is that humanly possible? If that person can do it, why can't I? Yeah. And it's not because that person is inherently better than me. Correct. Everyone is the same. Yes. It means it is possible. So let what is possible not stop you, but excite you. Yeah. I love that. Eh? Yes. So it's about time we stop in a way, putting people on pedestals. Mm-hmm. Right? Because they have succeeded, it doesn't mean that they are gods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one day when we succeed, mm. it doesn't mean that we are gods too. It just mm. means that we worked hard, mm. we're lucky in all equal measures. Mm. Which is why I think it is very valuable for people who have been through a lot of trials and tribulations and they finally achieve something valuable, like some success, that they don't forget where they started from and they then pay for forward by going to other people who aspire to be where they are right now and uplift them. And mm. I think that that's the kind of my mission la, in my life la, as a coach. La. Like yeah. I use my life experiences, yeah. all the hard knocks in life and I try and share them with you mm. so that you feel normal, so that you feel mm. less alone. Feel normal. Yeah. yeah. Normalize certain things yeah. because I think yeah. very few people like to talk about the warts and all and the struggles. Everybody wants to talk about oh how I supercharge myself yeah. to success and look at me solely how I make it seem so easy, you know? But it's not. It's not, right? It's not. Life is just not like that. Yeah, and I wish everybody would just be a little bit more honest yeah. about how they get to a certain place. Well, if for you, you really got it easy, then of course, you're very blessed and I'm very happy for you. Mm. But those people who have really had it tough and who are still struggling, I think that there is a lot of value for us to really just own that piece mm. and have no shame around it mm-hmm. and say that I'm struggling, I'm still trying to figure it out and it's normal. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. And there's a lot of joy in it as well while I'm figuring out like leave a lot of room for exploration Mm -hmm. but all the time you have your mind is set on that possibility having seen that 1.4 million followers person who (laughs) poops achieve that kind of success that you want Mm. and it's humanly possible wow I love what you say about normalize Mm. normalize all the ugly sides yeah it's not a big deal man yeah I mean like why do we so chong by like the gleeds and the perfect side of things right Mm. when the reality is 90% of the time we're like pooping and (laughs) yeah you know like imposter syndrome is actually a lie we tell us it's actually a disbelief in ourselves, right? Yeah, like it shouldn't even exist. Yeah, it's false evidence. It's you believing in false evidence, right? Correct. So why don't you look at the glitz and the glamour and the people who are like so successful and everything? Then if you want to apply imposter syndrome, why don't you flip it on its head and apply it on those people instead and think what kind of hardship or struggle they have to get through in order to be successful. They have been through a lot. It's just that you haven't seen it, right? Yeah. So don't make it mean any less. Like for example, their success would mean that I cannot match up like comparisonitis mm. yeah no again tell yourself that person is successful I'm so happy for you yes. right and I know you have worked your ass yeah. off and you deserve it and I want the same for myself I want to work my way to success mm. I don't want it to be handed to me on a silver platter mm-hmm. because there's no sense of achievement it doesn't feel nice yeah. right or rewarding the reward is so sweet when you have really fought tooth and nail and you have really tried over and over and over again, 100 rejections, and then you get accepted, and then you go like, yes! Yes. I feel like the king of the world. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, sweet and, and, success. and yeah, sweet success only comes from that hard work that we of put course, in. Of course. Of course, it's the pretext. Right? Success? 
what? <laughs> it's not success, it's right? It's like you're talking about right? Correct. It's different, right? From Correct. you work your ass off yeah. to earn that money. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, I had success and I had a walk in the park and then I gained success. Yeah. <laughs> no? It doesn't actually have any weight. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. So I'm learning to appreciate uh, hard work. Yes. It's so fun. may I remind you that life is not about being in a tensionless state. Mm. It is about having tension, but good tension, the tension that you want in your life, the mm. thing that you're striving for that lights you up. Yes. It's like before you have an orgasm, there's a lot of tension. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then there is Woo! build up. <laughs> then there is the sweet release. Ah. Correct? It's the same mechanism, right? So success is the same, right? There's the struggle and then there's the build up and then there's the sweet success. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so you have to say like that. <laughs> Analogy <laughs> ma, to drive the concept into your head, ma, your mouth. Uh, I'm sure it's very memorable <laughs> <when> you... <laughs> Yeah, do you have anything else to say? I finished already in my notes. <laughs> I want to say that we have this idea of life as being like, what, a bed of roses? A walk that? in the park. Yeah. But then it's like, oh, we all feel like, oh, we are entitled to be successful. Mm. We all should be like loved and all that. But whoever said, mm. whoever told us that, oh, life is amazing one. Yes. You know, like yeah. 100% of the things that you do yeah. in your life. Or are- we're entitled to succeeding after two tries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Say <laughs> but if we expect a lot of shit, to happen, right? Mm. Then actually, we realize that oh, we expected it anyway. Yes, what? make that the norm, yeah, not the exception. Correct. Like, don't be surprised when there's rejection. Like, why? Yeah, right. So, so if we expect shit to happen, we'll still be sad, mm-hmm. disappointed. Mm-hmm. But then it's different from if we expected life to be perfect. Exactly. You know, if we expect everything to be shit, mm-hmm. then we realize, oh yeah, it's okay. I expected it anyway. Yes. You know, and I, I can still live my life. Yes. Yeah. So it's 50-50, right? It's 50% shit, 50% good, mm. right? So it's not like your action will change, but it's from that change in that mindset that you take that action and everything else feels different. Mm. Ah. <laughs> good I, episode, I, huh? Hey, very I, short, no? 30 minutes only. I Imposter have a song syndrome. that I feel fits today's episode. My la. song also, oh my God. I was crying buckets when I was going through I know, selecting right? this song. Yes. So It's always want- a very emotional... Process. Yes. Choosing it is. the songs. Because uh, although this episode is short, but we want to be like Derek Savers, yeah. just cut through the noise and just give you the core. And then we want to wrap it up with the song choices. So do you want to go first? You want to explain a little bit? My song, I yeah, go first. You huh? go first. My song is actually, I think we played it before. It's actually called War. By? By Chang Kuo Rong. That's the original gangster yeah, so now, OG. Yes, OG, right? Yeah. So now it's covered by Yo Yo Sham. Mm. And I chose it because I want to remind everyone like that you are amazing. You know, you are so awesome. Mm. Even though you're not perfect, but as long as you are just, you know, like just being you, you mm. are really good enough. Mm. Like we're all good enough. Uh, we poop, but it's okay. It's life. So if you guys want to grow, we are here to grow with you. Mm. You know, and but then even before growing, we have to accept that we are okay. Yes. You know, like we are amazing. So this song and this song, there's this line called 我就是我. Mm. Yeah, so I want us to accept that 我就是我, you know, I'm just me. Yes, I want and to <laughs> take our ugly dolls. Yeah, so you were saying that we are not perfect, but we are enough, we are worthy, right? So I want to remind you guys that just like how we want to normalize like rejections and failures, we should normalize imperfection. Like perfectionism is overrated and is unachievable. It is impossible, right? We should focus on what is possible, not what is impossible. Don't spend 90% of 
your time and your effort in trying to be impossible? What, is, what kind of strategy is that, right? In trying to be perfect, you mean? In trying to be, yeah, perfect. Honestly, yeah. I think if we try to be perfect, we would never put this podcast out because yes. it's never perfect. Sometimes <laughs> I listen back to myself and I'm like, why is it so stupid? Why did I say this? Why did I say yeah. that? Should I edit this? But right. we, we hardly ever edit out all these moments where although we Ken- don't sound... Although Kenji would disagree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but mm. what I'm trying to say is that like yellow we we are not doing this perfectly also, but yes. we embrace it. Exactly. And yeah, I cringe sometimes when I listen to myself, but I think okay, never mind. Yeah. And then, and then when we cringe, when we listen and we cringe, and then we will say whether we want to change that in the future episode, right? And we'll get better from there, right? Yeah, but the funny thing is even some of the things that I cringe at, people will think like it's okay. Oh, very nice. Or, like, Actually I like the cringe. Us. Yeah. To them it's not cringe. Or they nice. overlook it. You know Correct. what I mean? Like they really see the meat of what we're trying to do and they like think, yeah, oh, that's fine, it's okay. You're not mm. you're human. Yes. So we're I not robots. Accept. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So your song? Wow, my song, huh? Okay, so I spent two hours this afternoon going Trying. through Crying. Yeah, crying, <laughs> listening to like as many versions of this song as possible. So this is a song called Both Sides Now. It's a very wow, old I love song. It. Yes. I love it. It's an old song written by Johnny Mitchell, and I'm sure a lot of you know this song. But I think a lot of you might not know that Johnny Mitchell, although she wrote the song, she was not the original singer. She's not the OG like Zhang Guorong. The original singer is actually Judy Collins in 1960s. Mm. And when I pulled out the song Both Sides Now on Spotify, right, I realized that there were hundreds and hundreds of different covers. Okay? Right. People like, of course, Johnny Mitchell covered the song that she wrote for Judy Collins. I always thought she was the original. No. So you have to listen to Judy Collins. So okay. initially, I wanted to play Judy Collins version. version because that's the OG, right? But then as I started listening to the other versions, I got taken on this whole two-hour journey of both sides now. Same song, but different feeling. Wow. Every person's interpretation is different. So you had Frank Sinatra, Andy Williams, Neil Diamond, even Carly Rae Jepsen that we just played, wow. right? Uh, season 1 uh, uh, season 2 episode 1 she did a dance version Belinda Carlisle covered it in her 30th anniversary of the Runaway Horses that CD right mm. uh, Ronan Keating did uh, <laughs> Ronan yeah, Keating. he did it in an album that is Songs for My Mother nice. so he did this and then even Susan Boyle right and then the one where I really, really cried was when I listened to Gang of Youths. It's a very intense five-minute version that was live, right? Mm. And it was such a different rendition compared to the rest. The final version that I want to play is Laura Fabian's version. Okay. I think it's tough to decide which is the best version. I wouldn't say that her rendition is the best, right? Okay. But there are two reasons why I chose this song. Firstly, let's go into the lyrics. Okay, so it says, so many things I would have done, but Mm. clouds got in my way, right? I've looked at clouds from both sides now, from up and down, and still somehow, it's clouds illusions I recall. I really don't know clouds at all. (gasps) So I think what it means is that as kids or youngsters, right, we believe that we understand every single element about life and about ourselves. But as we progress into adulthood and we become grown-ups, right, we discover that there are so many shades, right? There are so many things that we have no idea of and the people nearby actually are just like us, right? We're all just figuring things out. We don't truly recognise what's driving everything in the life, right? In our life. And this song is a recognition of... We're just fools. Yes, exactly, (laughs) right? And this song is a recognition of our own limit, of 
mm. knowledge, oh, wow. understanding and perspective as well as our lack of control over our world and reality, right? Oh. So if you look at clouds from all the different sides, both sides, multiple sides, it ebbs and morphs mm. and you can look at it with a bliss of idealism, right? Or you can also look at it with gloom of pessimism, right? Yeah. And depending on what mood or what state of life you're in, it changes and it morphs. And still, you can't really grasp it and it changes throughout life. So I think that's why this is a beautiful song Thanks because, choosing this because song. at the end of the day, we don't know anything at all and we're just fools. We're all trying. Yeah, fully. we're all just trying, which is why I think that we're all just imposters. So there's no such thing as imposter syndrome. Yeah, in a way, we're all just faking it till we make it. Yeah, right? and it's just yeah. lifelong. And... You know what else is even more matter as I was going through the hundreds of versions I was listening to two hours <clears> is that I realised that the original gangster was either Johnny Mitchell who wrote the song or uh, Judy Collins who recorded the song in the 1960s. They were the original people. Uh-huh. But if everybody felt like they were imposters, they wouldn't have recorded covers of it. Oh yeah. Right? And then we wouldn't have so many oh, beautiful yeah. interpretations of the same thing. Wow. Right? So if we let imposter syndrome hold us back, we will not be able to set free our dreams and our hopes and aspirations. So guys, although I'm just going to play Laura Fabian's version, I want you to just do a search on Spotify both sides now and just randomly pick anything that speaks to you. Listen to them all. See how they make you feel and then take those feelings and understand the beauty of those songs, right? Internalize it and use that to feel your dreams and aspirations and then go out and create. Oh my god. Yeah. I've looked at clouds from both sides now. <laughs> See you next next week. See you guys. Love you guys. Love you. Bye. Bye. I am what I am.
这是我，是颜色不一样的烟火。天空海阔，要做最坚强的泡沫。我喜欢我。Looked at our life from both sides. Now, from 
If you have really enjoyed our podcast, uh, we have some call to actions for you and we are going to be super greedy this episode, okay? There are yes. four things that you can do for us and you can just pick and choose. Mm. Mm. So you decide, la, okay? Mm. So uh, one thing you can do is you can follow us on IG, Instagram. Mm. We are at Lito Labs. Mm. That's where you can follow us and mm. then see what we are up to on a daily basis. Yes, and then you can DM us as well. And then the number two thing that you can do is actually go to iTunes, look for our podcast and then leave us a raving review. <laughs> one star don't leave, huh? Yeah, one star don't leave, huh? <laughs> we are the Lito Podcast on iTunes. Yes, and what's the third call to action that they can take? Okay, the third call to action is that we're going to start a membership site called Ooh. Lito Academy. But it hasn't been launched yet, but if you want to find out more about it, you can go to lito.academy mm. and find out more about us and sign up for our mailing list to be updated. Yes, and then the last one is if you know of a friend or anyone, okay, who is struggling with any issue that we've already covered in the previous Lito podcast episode, please just send a link to them so that you can uplift them and elevate them and support them because a friend in me is a friend indeed. <laughs> is it? <laughs> okay, but most importantly, good things must share. Yes, good things must yeah. share. Okay. See you. Uh. Love you. Bye. Bye.